0: From the features staff at the Columbus Dispatch, this is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the features department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every Thursday. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. Hi, I'm Ryan Smith, Features Editor here at The Dispatch, and today I'm here with Lisa Minkin, Marketing Manager of Broadway in Columbus and the host of Broadway Dish, a local Facebook series. And we're here to talk about the Broadway in Columbus series, which was just announced here this week. So thanks so much, Lisa, for joining us.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: I think a great place to begin was why don't you walk us through just through the lineup? Who's going to be coming to town, and how how do we even choose what's going to be here from year to year? How did these guys make the cut this year?
1: Sure. So let's start with those that made the cut. So we open our season with Come From Away. Excellent. Followed by Fiddler on the Roof, Pretty Woman, Cats, Hades Town, which is the 2019 Tony Award winner, and Rosen concludes our season, and we have two amazing specials in Riverdance and Beautiful, and then we did a little tease that Hamilton, don't know if you've heard of that show before No, or not. no. It's kind of unknown, but it's going to come back to Columbus in our 21-22 season.
0: Very exciting. So if people missed it and didn't get the $10 lottery tickets, they'll have another chance. That's right. Outstanding. So how do we choose which ones these were? My understanding is that Come From Away was kind of here by popular demand
1: most definitely and we've actually been trying to get come from away since it you know came out and offered a tour um, lots of times what factors into these decisions are what tour is out when they are out in the Midwest and do our theaters have availabilities that match up with their schedules because we have a lot of amazing arts organizations that share our theaters so we all kind of have to share the calendar and see what fits also do tours fit in our theaters you know the Ohio theater pretty much everything fits in there. We like to get things in our palace theater, but that backstage space is a little smaller, so that complicates what shows might be able to fit in there. Then, you know, we have a team with our CEO, Chad Whittington, and myself and my coworker Elizabeth Lamont. We go to New York and preview shows um, to see what we think is a good fit for Columbus. And then we survey our subscribers and single ticket buyers. So a lot of that feedback goes into the season. And actually this year, three of our shows were highly ranked in our subscriber and uh, single ticket buyer surveys as saying, please bring these shows to Columbus.
0: So what in your mind and in your subscribers' minds makes Come From Away so special? I mean, it's got to be the happiest nine eleven related production conceivable. Can you tell people a little bit about it and what makes it so Interesting.
1: Sure. And if some people are approaching this with a little bit of apprehension, I was there too. When the, fir- the show was first starting to gain popularity, I'm like, how is this going to work? But when I saw the show and heard the story, I was a total, you know, fangirl for the show. It tells, while it's a, you know, it's a 9-11 subject, it's really the story of what happened on 9-12 and after. 7,000 people were diverted on 38 planes to Gander, Newfoundland on 9-11 in this community, which basically doubled in size with all these people landing there. This community took all these people in. They invited them into their homes. They're, they um, filled their prescriptions for free, got them whatever they needed and took such good care of them. And it's really this heartwarming story and re- totally restores your faith in humanity. Plus, it has some really cool Columbus connections and what's as that? well. Okay. So the first one is a Dublin resident, Shirley Brooks-Jones was one of those people diverted. The people of Gander would not take any money as a thank you for taking such good care of them, so she decided to collect money for scholarship funds for students there, raised $15,000 that day, and then set up a fund through the Columbus Foundation to continue growing that. It's raised um, $2 million for students of Gander and awarded just under 200 scholarships over the years, which is pretty incredible. Wow. So the second connection, Randy Adams is a producer of the show. He's an Ohio native and a graduate of Otterbein University, which produces amazing graduates, if I do say so myself. (laughs) And third is probably my favorite Columbus connection is on one of those planes. Well, several of those planes, there were animals. And two of those animals happened to be bonobos, and one of those was headed to the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium. So the people of Gander took such good care of unga, that's the name of the bonobo, that when the zoo got her back, they decided to name her first offspring. After the town. So she had a son named Gander, and they both still live at the Columba Zoo. And she's actually mentioned a few times in the musical.
0: Nice. First, congratulations on knowing how to pronounce bonobo. I had to look it up, I'll admit. (laughs) Um, And can you explain what a bonobo is? I cannot. (laughs) The best I could tell is that it's an ape-like creature. <laughs>
1: yes, but I would defer to our expert friends at the Columbus Zoo. There
0: we go. Another reason to go visit. and Tell them that it's, you know, for culture's sake that you need to check it out.
1: Exactly. And I actually did learn by talking to Audra, who is the overseas, the bonobos at the zoo, that they're one of seven facilities in the United States that actually have bonobos. So there isn't a lot of awareness or education in the United States about these amazing animals. So we're even more excited to help, you know, share and promote Um, Bonobo conservation and some education efforts with the zoo.
0: This musical certainly came from a certain time and a certain place. Um, What do you think that it has to teach us now, Uh, several years removed, um, but just, what, a couple of months before a presidential election in a very divided America?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, its messages are really universal for any time, but especially now, just no matter who you are, take care of your fellow humankind. We're all going through something. And kindness can really make a difference and change a life.
0: So let's skip ahead and talk a little bit about Hadestown. Um, I'm particularly excited to see this. I haven't seen it. Um, The only exposure that I had to it was watching on the Tony Awards when they were presenting uh, one of their songs. And the thing that struck me was just how creatively the sta- how creative the staging is for this! Before I get ahead of myself, can you tell us what Hades Town is, um, but also how that staging might translate to a national tour?
1: Sure. So Hades Town is kind of a new telling of some characters in Greek mythology: Orpheus and Eurydice, Persephone and King Hades, um, and kind of how their stories intertwine. Of course, there's a love story in there. Um, But it is really interesting. I'll actually be interested to see how the set translates on the road because one of the things in New York that it did was, you know, Hades is hell, so you go down to hell. So lots of times in the actual show, the floor opens up and they go down to hell. Well, the floor does not open up at the Ohio Theater, so it'll be really interesting to see how they um, take that and translate it for the road, but I am sure it will be just as powerful. But one of the... The cool concepts, and I think you're probably talking about the Tony Awards, are there's these big giant swinging lamps Yes, that absolutely. are sort of like, look like aerial ballet almost. And what's interesting about that, I'm 99% sure that they'll be in in the tour as well, but that was actually when director Rachel, Rachel Shavkin was talking to Anais Mitchell, the the creator and composer, that was her actual first idea. For the show so when they they said They artistically dated for like six months Talking through this album that Was Town, and that was her first vision For it was these big beautiful Swinging lamps and they swing like They're almost like dancers themselves
0: so I'd be interested, as someone who knows a lot about Broadway, I'm interested in your thoughts on this matter. And that is the the subjects that get turned into musicals. I mean, I think it's very obvious why people might be attracted to A Lion King, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, I have to admit, um, I went, when I went to go see Hamilton in New York, um, before all of the hubbub, I knew nothing about it, and I was talking to my wife, and I was like, why why would I want to go see a musical about the first treasure of the United States? This is crazy. Um, Why would someone want to go see a musical about an adaptation of Greek mythology?
1: I think it's really the creative spin someone puts on it because you could, you know, like you were saying, maybe there's a subject matter. You're like, I do not care at all about this, but it's just the creativity and artistic vision that someone puts on it. Plus, it's the music that adds so much to it. I mean, music just speaks to our soul and the music in Town is really haunting um, and it really just draws you in. There's a bit of a folk sound to it. Um, it I, I just can't say enough good things about it.
0: So speaking of haunting music, let's talk about Frozen. Oh, well,
1: that was a nice transition. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I have uh, I have two little kids, so I've heard this music uh, from time to time, I'll say. Um, I'm curious as to, I, I have not seen the musical. Mm-hmm. I've seen the cartoon. I've seen the sequel to the cartoon. Um, how does it translate? You know, what can people expect who maybe their only familiarity is through seeing it on the big screen? What should they expect when seeing the musical? Is it essentially just a, a, a direct retelling? How much of it is new and different?
1: I mean Disney always puts a little bit of a twist when they take their cartoons to the stage. Um and with their movies, you know, it, yes, it's family friendly, but there's always something in there that kind of makes the adults chuckle. Um and it's just so amazing the magic that Disney brings to the stage because okay, it's Frozen, there's obviously a lot of ice to deal with. How do you put ice on a stage? So, you know, there's Obviously, beautiful crystals, a lot of lighting, video effects, and some pretty cool Disney magic, too.
0: Now, this comes on the heels of Frozen, too, as far as it, you know, coming here to Columbus. Does Disney ever have a history of incorporating elements of... A sequel into something that's already out touring the company like this to freshen it up?
1: I don't know so much about a sequel, but sometimes they will look at things on the road and adjust a little bit. And it's interesting with Frozen is they added, you know, twelve new songs to the show, but they added another ballad I can't think of the name of it, but it's a duet between Anna and Elsa talking about sisterhood, and they actually just added that into the Broadway production.
0: Oh, interesting. And
1: I don't know that I've really ever heard of a show in recent history that's actually taken something from the tour and adjusted what's on the Broadway stage.
0: So, speaking of songs... <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> uh, you may have heard of a certain hit from this, hmm. from this production called Let It Go. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you feel about giving our audience a little preview
1: I mean, I would love to, but I would like to say I am no singer.
0: <laughs> if we can be honest, um, neither am I. Some might say I'm a terrible singer. So uh, if, if it goes awry here, I'll take all the credit for that.
1: Okay, great. I can right. handle that, there. Are you ready? <laughs> ready as I'll ever be. All
0: right. I want you to give it all with all your gusto, then. I'm just
1: going to let it I'm go giving it all. Sing. All
0: right. Very good. Here we go. Okay. Let, let it go, go. Let it go. Can't, can't hold it back, back anymore. anymore. Let, let it go. Let, let it go. go turn away and slam the door i don't care what they're going to say let the storm rage on the
1: cold never bothered me anyway
0: anybody listening out there still
1: <laughs> think you just
0: lost anybody <laughs> all right well that still leaves us with a few more productions to go through one is cats Yeah. Um, Which is kind of relevant because we also just had a movie related to that. Mm -hmm. So my question is, is this better than Cats, the movie?
1: You know, I think they're both unique in their own ways. Uh, This uh, version of Cats has been updated a little bit. Uh, Andy Blankenbuehler, again, who's associated with that little known show Hamilton, is actually the choreographer for Cats. So his take on this is pretty cool.
0: I have to say, I have not seen this ever. All I know is what I've read, actually, of reviews of the movie, which left me going, what? (laughs) What? In a nutshell, can you tell us what?
1: Oh, man. So Cats is based on poems by T.S. Eliot. And it's basically about these cats coming together to ascend to their next life, and one gets chosen. So it's each of their journey and plea to kind of reach that point. And when Cats first came out... It was, if you would compare it to kind of in like theater history to Hamilton and our time at Rent, where it was so different at the time um, than your like typical kind of like song and dance, tap dance, jazz hand musical. So I think that really gave it a big boost in popularity and why it was on Broadway for 18 years. And I also think it's a lot of people's first theater experience. So I think no matter what show you see, that first experience is always going to be Beloved. To you, So then you're able to share it with, you know, the next generation in your family.
0: And this is part of a couple of classics that are going to be part of this series lineup. Mm-hmm. The other one being Fiddler on the Roof. Um, and it makes me wonder, you know, what is it about Jews in Tsarist Russia that is still so appealing in our day? This is a revival, actually.
1: Yes. And it actually has a really interesting um Storytelling device that they use at the beginning of end of the show. It's directed by Bartlett Shear, and he's done some amazing revivals like My Fair Lady. That's going to be at the Ohio Theater next week. The King and I. He does a lot of stuff with Lincoln Center, and he actually has Tevye at the beginning, looking like you or I, looking, exploring our story, and then stepping into the story, and then it kind of ties into the immigrant crisis. So what is it to be an immigrant? What is it like to be displaced? And then ties that into that beloved
0: story. Nice. And then we end up with Pretty Woman. Yes. Just your, you know, your typical musical about a sex worker. What are your thoughts on that? How does that translate also from the movie?
1: I think if you are like a beloved fan of the movie, you are going to love this even more because it gives a little bit more into the characters, but has everything that you know and love from the movie. The Red Dress. The scene at the opera, and of course, the romance, but it has music by Brian Adams.
0: You can't go wrong with you that. You can't go wrong with
1: Brian Adams. <laughs> and fun fact is, when he, he's actually been interested in writing music for a pretty woman musical for a long time, and he first got the idea from an actress he was dating at the time.
0: Really? Yeah. So I'm wondering, and I don't know if you can give us any hints, but you talk about uh, feedback from subscribers. Mm hmm. Any feedback that might give you a a lead on what we might be looking at in the future? What people are interested in that couldn't come this year?
1: No, I can't tell you these secrets.
0: (laughs) Anything on Broadway right now that you're really interested in that you would uh, definitely want to keep tabs on?
1: I think we're definitely watching Moulin Rouge. I got to see it last December, and it is a big, beautiful glamorous show that we are working hard to get here to Columbus.
0: Outstanding. Good. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today, Lisa. It was really a fun conversation and song session.
1: (laughs) I can't believe you talked me into singing. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614.